Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How, How you, you feel this morning? Yeah, we had a, a little bit of excitement last night. Yeah, took took a little trip to Austin. Austin, yeah. And I uh, had a little conversation on Tim Pohl's show. Yeah. You know, so, that was but fun. he's been around for a bit, and I think he helped me in a campaign. So it was uh, it was a little bit different. Yeah. See, I generally haven't preferred to have a group of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it gets too mixed up. But I'd have to admit the program sort of flowed through. He sort of kept order and nobody was shouting and nobody was grabbing the microphone. So we had a little fun doing that, except we didn't get into late. So you got up in time to do your work. Barely, right? yeah, yeah, we had a lot of work. Set to go because we have some good news. Yeah. We've been talking in the last week or two because it's been in the news about uh, a problem that's been around for a long time now, a decade probably, Julian Assange. But the momentum, you know, maybe you know, his dad is the one that's traveling the country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks like he might be, uh, you, you know, helpful <laughs> to yeah. Julian because more people are, are starting to talk about, hey, what are we doing this for? And, uh, of course, we asked that about the first day that they, they did anything to him. But we'll start off with an anti-war story and uh, from our friend David DeCamp. The title is House Democrats urge Biden to drop charges against Julian Assange. Oh, you mean those are those uh, moderates that have come over our way? <laughs> no, they're Democrats yeah. and they're on our side of the issue or, you, you know, uh, it's something we can talk to them about, even though there's some people who say, no, you don't even talk to people like this. But if uh, I don't know how they get there, but uh, it, it's, it's sort of sad that uh, somebody that uh, on most issues, they're, <laughs> they're all over the place. But on Assange, uh, you know, they are. Some people say, well, that's, that's just because they want to prop up and, and damage him and they don't really believe that. But that isn't the case. The, the, the progressives and the remnant of the progressives, I think there is a, an element that uh, really are uh, pro-liberty when it comes to civil liberties. But there's a lot of them that have left their fold. And that's when we still see them and we can still work with them. So we don't like to miss the chance to say, Boy, this is good. Uh, we do need a broad base. We need Republicans and Democrats, and we need Australians. The whole thing is, it's always baffled me. This is, a, this is an Australian citizen, and it's all to do with a law that probably has never been enforced in this country, but it's an anti-free speech uh, episode, and, and yet... Uh, his Assange, I don't believe, has ever been charged with anything. It's sort of like the, it's carried over to the uh, minor little incident on January 6th. They don't have charges against him, but they've been locked up. But Assange has been locked up for a long time. And even after a good many years, uh, you know, it got worse because we got involved and said, we want him, we want him. Uh, and if he, he wants justice, he has to come here and face the music. So he, you know, I'm anxious. Uh, I'll, I'll be right over there because I know you're fair, yeah. so, which is sad. So anyway, there's some good news there that maybe the ice has been broken and maybe there'll be more momentum now. This is the best uh, group now endorsing it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, the Australians are talking about House Democrats. So, and uh, I don't know the numbers, but it'd be interesting for us to check and find out how many, um, 
how, how many libertarian-leaning Republicans? There are some in the, in the House that would, uh, you know, take our position, but I don't think the, uh, uh, they emphasize that too much. This is news because today, because the, the Democrats are the very, uh, very left-wing Democrats. But on this issue, I'd say go to go, go for it. Yeah, I just before I, say, I just wanted to say we did have a nice time last night, and our friend Luke Rukowski was there, and he was part of the show. We made a new friend, Ian, who's a really interesting guy, and Tim was a gracious host. So it was uh, even though I didn't love sitting in a couch like that, it wasn't my <laughs> cup of tea. Um, it's very different than how we do things. Uh, it's nice to mix it up a bit, and we're you know we're grateful for the invitation, and it got a good viewership. And you were I don't know they must have slipped you some coffee before because you were. You were given about a whole mean, college lecture, I, you know. I never fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was great. I mean, anyone who wants to learn about the history of where things went wrong in the U.S., just watch that interview for a couple of hours and you'll get the whole thing. <laughs> but let's put up that first clip because we are talking about the House Democrats, a group of House Democrats. And it's not a massive group. It's a small group of House Democrats who sent a letter to Biden urging that Merrick Garland dropped the charges against WikiLeaks. And the charges, of course, is that he violated our Espionage Act, which is, as you say, dumb because he's Australian. He can't be a spy. Uh, he's uh, facing 175 years in prison. And the reason we're talking about it this week is because the letter is relevant. And the letter is relevant because yesterday, as of yesterday, he's been held in Belmarsh Prison for four years, solitary confinement, cruel and unusual punishment, psychological torture, um, and he's been held there since, of course, he was dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy after the U.S. basically re regime-changed Ecuador to get rid of the left-wing government who gave him safe haven and put in another puppet in there to get him. That was all about getting him arrested. Um, we know that our good friend Pompeo, that great champion of civil liberties and telling the truth, well, he called Assange a foreign intelligence asset and that's one of the rationale for holding him. So they sent a letter. My first thought, Dr. Paul, to be honest, was, you know, this would have been stronger as a bipartisan letter. But then I started thinking, no, actually, in fact, politically speaking, it has more impact because it came solely from the president's party. You know, this is the president's people. These are the people that are beholden to him. Uh, and they're saying, look, enough is enough. This guy's been basically, he's had his freedom stolen for 14 years because he ex exposed the crimes of the U.S. government in its, in its illegal wars. Enough is enough. And so I do think now, change my mind, I think it's significant that it's just Democrats. Wouldn't mind seeing a follow-up that's a bipartisan larger letter. But this is a good start, I think. And let's hope it goes somewhere. Well, you know, <clears throat> from my definition of patriotism, this has to uh, uh, you know, be recognized because one thing that I think a patriotic person does, since that's a tricky word and we talked about uh, patriotism before, but the, the, the tr trick is, is with it, whether that's a po positive or is that just a refuge for scoundrels yeah. to go to. But the, uh, the, the one thing I think on the positive side of being patriotic is uh, in this instant, this group, patriotic because they were willing to criticize their government and somebody said well that's you're, you're mixing it up too much but that, that's the act that what would happen if you wanted to practice true patriotism when your country leaves the Constitution and uh, they become a participant in the, the destruction of the Constitution and uh, and, and, and uh, 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 
a group taking away our freedoms and privacy and all these things, you know, it isn't bad. So I think it's a, it's a very positive thing. And uh, I think you make a great point about it being, you, you know, uh, it was a group of Democrats that did it. Uh, but I still think that, you know, in time, maybe there will be a group of uh, Republicans and uh, because they did get together on the one foreign policy issue, you know, that, and, and we liked that when, when they were trying to stop some uh, uh, funding. So in, anyway, I think that, uh, I think this is great. I, I don't know how fast it's going to move now, but it could, it could go pretty fast. But the, it, it's amazing how strong this bipartisan thing is. Republicans and Democrats, all these years, you know, Republicans and Democrats both have a, had a chance to do it, uh, and uh, yet uh, it was never done. So there's, uh, you just wonder how the deep state, what kind of conversations that they have when they have a secret meeting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what are we going to do with Assange? Uh, well, they might not even have any any meeting, but they, what they could be doing is, uh, you know, getting getting together and uh, saying how do how do we handle how do we handle this issue? And uh, I think they're feeling their way, but they haven't called us up yet. And we will keep offering our little bits of, uh, of uh, advice and, and position what we, we can hold because we shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, when you think about cruel and unusual punishment, here, 14 years, and he hasn't been technically ever charged. We, we assume in one sense, that uh, you know, we know he is not an American citizen, but you still have rights in this country. But they make, make you know make this up, and, and they go on. But they but uh, they say we have jurisdiction, but you don't have your rights with it. So so there so he's been in limbo all all this time. Yeah, and it's um, you know there's a uh, there's a great part of the letter that they, I just want to read out because it's a very important point. And he said that the lawmakers point out that much of the information published by WikiLeaks was also published by mainstream outlets, including the New York Times and Washington Post. And the letter says, quote, based on the legal logic of this indictment, any of those newspapers could also be persecuted, prosecuted for engaging in the reporting activities. So he did nothing different than the New York Times and Washington Post did. But, you know, he embarrassed the deep state, so that's why they have their hooks out. That's why they've destroyed his life, you know, uh, for all these years. And he's got two little kids. They never get to see the father, you know, never get to see the father. That was one of the most poignant things in Ithaca, which is a movie that I went to see in Houston featuring his father. Uh, and his brother was there with in the film. It's just watching those poor little kids. You know, let's say good things happen a month from now. <clears throat> He gets released and they withdraw the charges. And there would be a great deal of celebration by a lot of people. And the more, most important would be his family, of course. But the whole, the whole thing is, is, what if you go back and say, well, this, is, this has been a crime. This is a crime against government. The worst type is like the crooked policeman. It's our system that was able to do this. What if you go back and say, well, you know, the government, when they commit crimes like this and, and they do this deliberately and they don't obey the Constitution, well, maybe they should be punished. <laughs> what, what kind of a list could you have? There has to be hundreds of people that could have changed something a little bit here and a little bit there. But if it was just march along, go along with it and perpetuate it and now uh it's uh, it's coming to fruition let's just hope that momentum continues yeah well that's not only house democrats that are doing this and here's the 
the other thing that happened, and I think it is to mark the four-year anniversary. If you can put the next one on, this is from the Epic Times. Australian and UK politicians call on the US to drop Julian Assange's extradition. Uh, and if we do the next one, this is an open letter sent by 48 Australian parliament parliamentarians from the government, from the opposition, and crossbench. And they said the extradition would set a dangerous precedent for freedom of the press and would be needlessly damaging uh, for the U.S. as a world leader in freedom of expression. Oh, that's up to debate. But here's the point that the letter makes. If the extradition request is approved, Australians will witness the deportation of one of our citizens from one AUKUS partner to another, our closest strategic ally, with Mr. Assange facing the prospect of spending the rest of his life in prison. Uh, and I think that's an important move coming from allies as well. So pressure is building on all sides for this uh, to happen. And in fact, Assange's father, John Shipton, recognized that, if we can put the next clip on, because <clears throat> he says he makes the point that uh, his son's incarceration was excoriating and scarring for him and his family. He says, after 14 years, you no longer use the term hope. But here's the part that he said. He was heartened by the growing support for Assange's release from across the political spectrum. Quote, the incoming tide is now turning into a tsunami of support. I honestly hope he's right about that. Yeah, said uh, this is, uh, he, he did put one sentence in there making this point that there were no charges. He noted that he was unaware of anyone else subject to inhumane, that was in quote, conditions while yet to be formally charged with a criminal offense. So, uh, but, but w that, that seems like they've accepted the principle. When you, when you think about the last two years, people who might have been caught, uh, you know, uh, at the Capitol when, yeah. and, and, and not committing a crime as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If it was, it was uh, a speeding ticket. Yeah. You know, you can compare the outrage that the U.S. government has been demonstrating over these past few weeks, or a few yeah, week or so, over the uh, arrest of Evan uh, Grashukovich, who is a Wall Street Journal reporter who was reporting in Russia. The Russians claim that he was reporting uh, some military secrets. We don't know if that's true or not. However, that's what they claim. And the U.S. has gone nuts over this, uh, demanding that he's a, you know, a prisoner of the state. He has to be released. In the same time, they want to hold Assange for just doing literally the same thing and probably less because he wasn't collecting the data. He was just reporting it. So yeah. double standards. I, uh, I wonder what uh, the public in Australia because they have a little more responsibility. I mean, he's Australian. They they seem to just yeah. just dis Where are they? They, yeah. just disappear them. So they, they need a movement there as well. And that's why these people speaking out in Australia, I think that's the strongest statement that has come from any politician in, in Australia yeah. in, in support of Assange. So that's that's good news. And let's hope that it continues. Maybe, yeah. maybe someday we'll have Assange back on our program yeah. again. I mean, Biden could have such a huge you know, bonus by doing that, by being, you know, returning to the civil liberties guy, you know. I mean, if I were Trump, I would say, look, I, I messed up. I should have I should have pardoned him. The first thing I do when I'm reelected, literally after I take the oath, will be to pardon Assange. You know, that would be a smart political move and a good moral move. But who knows? There's not a lot of courage there. <laughs> well, let's move on to something that uh, is uh, quite disturbing. And this has come out uh, because uh, Representative Jordan and a few others had heard about the FBI getting involved in spying on Catholic churches. So they said, hey, we want this information. We want to know what's going on. Well, 
what they got was not very encouraging. The FBI planned to spy on Catholic churches to combat, quote, domestic terrorism, documents show. And this is the documents that the FBI turned over to them, and it really paints a pretty bad picture of what the FBI was, was doing, and probably is still doing. Uh, if we can put on that next one and when we get a chance. He said, based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, we now know the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis. And the FBI proposed its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes and develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. That's what Jordan wrote in his letter to the FBI director. So they're sending agents in to infiltrate the churches to try to develop sources. But we know very well, Dr. Paul, that it's not only a one-way street, because what they also do in every one of these terror threats, they see, and also in January 6th we're finding out, they send an agent in, and that agent says, hey guys, come on, let's get radical, let's get some guns, let's do, you know, they're the ones that are stirring it up because they need to have that big arrest. So this is really very disturbing if you value the First Amendment in the U.S. Well, you, well, you know, the um, going going after media, uh, social media, and all media, and uh, the Assange story, uh, they have to silence the truth because the truth, is, you know, reveals what governments are doing. So it's anti anti government. They have to reveal it, and that's why you can't have a trial, a real trial. You have to have a kangaroo court and uh, not get the truth out because what they need to do is suppress the truth. They have no problems with it because you know wokeism encourages the whole principle of nihilism. You don't have to worry too much about this truth stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, you you can take your oath of office. It doesn't mean anything so that goes on but there's also been predictions and worries and history shows that uh, you, you know in the last uh, couple thousand years Christianity has been used uh, to help uh, help define the higher law of telling the truth and uh, and, and not accept this whole idea that uh, that, that truth can't be found so it's uh, it's not unusual under the circumstances under which we live now is to have anti-Christian activity. Uh, this one though was with a headline. Uh, it was a. Tar it seemed like it was targeting more the Catholic churches. But I think it's all uh, you know, uh, you know, all, all face. And it might uh, you know the whole thing in it. So if, if you're not a Christian, oh, they're the Christians and they're a little kooky. So that's okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. But uh, you, you know, on principle, whether you have a precise religion or not, and there's a lot of religion, if you don't commit violence and commit crimes, uh, the protection should be universal for, for everybody. So everybody should be concerned about that. But totalitarianism is uh, certainly very astute in silencing the uh, people. They have to have control of the judicial system. And now uh, they're moving forth, and I'm glad uh, that uh, the Republicans have some ammunition there to try to stop this and bring it about. I, I definitely think we're better off than we were, you know, a couple years ago. And uh, since the election, I think we're getting more re revelation. And I think uh, there's been a little bit of good news on uh, getting a better understanding about how governments work with social media. That's, that is so, so outrageous about there. And uh, I, I think this is a good move. We, we 
we need to get more of this information out, but we shouldn't be surprised that there's anti-Christian elements and that uh, can be used broadly. Uh, it's, it's anti-telling the truth. People who tell the truth are the enemy of the state. Yeah, no, you make a good point because people would say, oh, those crazy Catholics, you know. Um, <laughs> but if you're in any kind of faith or if you're in, in any other kind of group, a motorcycle club, anything, you know, it's, 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 it's very, very dangerous. Let's move ahead a couple of things from this article. Let's move, I say not the next clip, but I'm going to go ahead and say the next one, Americans Attend Church, because Jordan is pretty good on this, I have to say. I don't know if we, if we have that available. He says, Americans attend church to worship and congregate for their spiritual and personal betterment. They must be free to exercise their First Amendment rights without worrying that the FBI may have planted a so-called tripwire source or other informant in their houses of worship. And he makes a good point with this as well, Dr. Paul, because you can imagine how that might sow the seeds of uh, being uncomfortable, of being paranoid, of just wondering, who is it in my church? If the FBI is trying to put people in there, who is the guy? And you, of all times, you know, in your personal life, in your religious life, you should never have to worry that the government is sneaking in there listening to you. Well, they should be concerned enough to pay, pay attention. You know, in this article, it also said, read more here uh, about the FBI uh, spying on it. Leaked FBI document labels extre extremist Betsy Ross flags, uh -oh. Second Amendment gats and flags, and more. And this is part of that report of what, what the Republicans have found the, uh, the, the uh, uh, FBI is doing. But uh, I didn't know there was anything. Hey, do you know much about the uh, about the controversy over the Betsy Ross flag? <laughs> <laughs> that Betsy, she was. Oh, a, they, they were. She for, was maybe a, they were for revolution. <laughs> she was a hellraiser. <laughs> but you know, I was getting really nervous about this, Dr. Paul. I was getting really irritated at the FBI. But then I read a little further in the article, and I felt just fine because if you look at the next one, the <laughs> FBI responded. They said the FBI is committed to sound analytical tradecraft and to investigating and preventing acts of violence and other crimes while upholding the constitutional oh. rights of all Americans. And it will never conduct investigative activities or open investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. So then I just breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe, maybe we should talk about sports. And yeah, things. yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's all taken care of. It's taken care of. <laughs> yeah, it's taken so. care of. Okay. Well, we do have to take care of our sponsor for the show, and that is 4Patriots.com. 4Patriots.com uh, has pointed out that our power grid is under threat. Uh, we've got an antiquated system up to 18 months without power. If just a couple of these substations go down, it's no laughing matter. They have some great solutions. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X is a solar-powered generator. It will go with you if you want to jump in your motorhome and get away if you've got a flood or a hurricane. Uh, in a blackout lasting months, you're going to want to have something you can carry with you. Um, it's powerful enough to, to, to power your phones, your medical devices, the refrigerator, keep your food good. Um, with the use of RON in your discount code, you will get 10% off your first order from 4Patriots.com. We do have a link in the description here where you can click in, enter in RON, get your 10% off, and you can get free shipping on all orders $97 above, and they have a great one-year guarantee. So click over, check out our friends at 4Patriots.com. And Dr. Paul, we're going to do our final story here today. The White House is giving some good advice to the American media. They're saying, shut up. 
<laughs> don't report about these leaks. We don't want anyone to know about it. Hush, hush. Isn't this part of what we've been talking about? Yeah. Uh, this churches and the media and uh, social media and the whole works. And it goes, that, and that's, that's their goal. They cannot stand uh, truth. That, that means they can't stand uh, a, a real debate. And I, I've at times I thought I was might have been on the receiving end of uh, not being allowed to participate yeah. in another opinion on any of this stuff. But why has I say, don't report any of these leaks because it's not good for our position. And uh, of course, they'll give they'll tell us what is true. I, I think that's uh, uh, you know uh, that that is what, what what they will want us to believe. But the uh, but the truth about that is we can expect them to tell us the truth. And you know whether it's in the church or wherever it is or your teachers, you know the responsibility on that uh, is is on the individual. And that's that's a tough part because you know uh, with the weakening of the family and the dependency on on government schools to try to fill that void teaching about values uh, and teaching about economics and teaching about foreign policy, it's it's all you know they're getting the garbage so you can't just say well you kids need to wise up because you're you're following the wrong teaching but it's a little bit more complicated than that uh, so so often like right now i think the kids are really the victims when you think of this uh, this polygenderism and all oh, that yeah, yeah, i mean uh, those, those kids are total victims now more stories are coming out about the tragedies of all that nonsense so uh it's it is the individual and the closest thing to trying to raise children correctly has to be the family and when the family weakens we have a problem on our hands but uh but then again, I can think of, and I'm sure you know some of our friends in the libertarian movement and in sound economics, might have been raised by a single mother yeah. and living in a slum. So it, it isn't like if you have a, a starting that was really challenging that you can never you can never pull up on, from that. But uh, usually, when you hear a story like that, you can find out well. How did, how did this happen? Why did you change? And they can name somebody. Yeah. And they say, you know, uh, I had a grandfather, I had an uncle, I had a friend, uh, maybe I had one good school teacher. So, so there's usually an explanation. That's why, uh, you know, that's, that's really the only option because we can't change those attitudes uh, with force. But uh, if we had a more open, legalized justice system, you could, could confront people like this. But right now, it's used against the people. Yeah. The justice system, when you think of you know, all the things that's happened here the last 10, 15 years in politics, they've made up a lot of stories and told a lot of lies. And they get support from prosecutors and judges and everybody else because it's been ingrained uh, into the system. And like I've said before, a coup has occurred. We have no control. The government yeah. is controlled by some people who aren't much interested in liberty. Yeah, it, it's, it is very concerning, you know, and, and, and on this don't report on the leaks thing, you know, John Kirby, he's the NSC spokesman. He, he was in the Obama administration as a spokesman. The guy really, I hate to say it, I hate to be mean, but he's as dumb as a bag of rocks. <laughs> Typical type that move up, unfortunately, the political side of the military. There are great military officers, and we know a few of them, but these are the guys who are political. Kirby is a real dummy, and if we can put this on, he's also evil. So I don't feel bad calling him a dummy because you can't help it if you're a dummy. You can help it if you're evil. Put that back on if you can.
because this is the thing I wanted to bring to your attention, Dr. Polish. I'm sure you read it, but I thought this is the operative thing. This is what John Kirby, a United States government administration spokesman, she, he says, this information has no business being on the front pages of newspapers or on television. Well, hold on a second. I thought we had a First Amendment. I thought if the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post gets a hold of a story that has value, that tells Americans something about their government, goes back to our Assange coverage. It tells us something important. These papers, these leaks are important. We're the ones that pay for it yeah. in many ways. So how, who, how dare he? How dare he say this has no business being told to the American people? But he, he has a sentence to justify this. He says, yes, this happens. He says, this information that they're digging up now, uh, the government didn't offer us the truth, but they're finding the truth, and they resent it the most because it is the truth. Yeah. He says, it is not this, this, this material that they're gathering up uh, uh, you know, by the Republicans right now. It is not th this information. It is not intended for public consumption, oh. and it should not be out there. Well, it's intent. So it wasn't intended. No, they didn't intend it to be. That's the whole point. It was not intended to be public. And, of course, if you're on the side of truth-telling, it is intended that you ha have this, uh, this knowledge. But uh, the bigger the government, about the more secrets and more authoritarianism and the more prisons and, and when you when you look at it and uh, then, then you end up you say we make a better world because we will uh, we will take care of all the vices in the country if you have a vice we'll convert we'll convert it into a crime and we'll put you away you know this sort of thing and we did that and we haven't reversed it yet but uh, they ha hopefully will uh, wake up and uh, become truth tellers yeah well We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm going to give a little uh, bonus for you because I know you need a little bit of entertainment. This is our favorite, our favorite senator from Florida, Marco Rubio. He is very upset, Dr. Paul. Oh, He's upset about de-dollarization. He's furious about it. He doesn't like the fact that they're using non-dollar currency. Let's, if we can get that cue, that, that little thing up. It's, it's, it's a minute long, but it'll be, it's a minute well spent. Let's listen to the great mind of Senator Rubio. <laughs> Look, I think the bottom line is uh, we're in a conflict. And I think we have to start talking about it that way. You know, we, a lot of times, most of the people are up here now, I don't remember. You know, I was very young, obviously, at the end of the Cold War, but it's been about 30 years since there was another superpower on the earth uh, that was in conflict with the United States. And we are back in that place. And we need to stop pretending like that's not the case. Now, I hope it's never an armed conflict, but it's a conflict at every level you can imagine. Brazil, in our hemisphere, largest country in the Western Hemisphere south of us, cut a trade deal with China. They're going to, from now on, do trade in their own currencies, get right around the dollar. They're creating a, a secondary economy in the world, totally independent of the United States. We won't have to talk about sanctions in five years because there'll be so many countries transacting in currencies other than the dollar that, that we won't have the ability to sanction them. That's horrible. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that has never crossed his mind, he never heard about it, and he doesn't believe it's possible, I'm sure, is it, the fact that 
How critical is a reserve currency? Did we ever have a world marketplace uh, uh, over the last two, three thousand years without a central bank? And most of the time we didn't have a, a central bank. And one of the worst examples of a central bank has been ours because it's so powerful. It's backed up with the largest amount of, uh, of, of weapons and the largest amount of gold, except we're using that up. And we've had tremendous wealth there was a time when we had a maximum amount of personal liberty and all these things are going away and uh, but he's worried about uh, competition in the central bank it might interfere with uh, with well how are they going to put on sanctions yeah. <laughs> this whole idea that you, you know if you didn't have if you didn't have this uh, reserve currency and in control it you'd have to control it how can you put on these sanctions but that is precisely the critical problem going on in this world today and that's why America is because the the reserve currency is dwindling in in uh, in control and influence that people are saying oh you know what what are we going to do and and uh, it is a problem and and the solution is not found in that speech yeah. <laughs> the solution and, and I'm sure there's times he's He's probably voted a few times on conservative, maybe spending, uh, cutting spending, but he didn't ever, I'm, I'm wagering, I'm, I uh-huh. don't know, but he probably never cut a nickel out of militarism. Oh, no, <laughs> so no. that, that's, that, that's, that's the problem. So he's touched on one of the most significant problems in the world, but it's not because it's going to interfere with his, uh, his ability to put more sanctions and stir up trouble with China. Yeah. I mean, it's the most absurd thing thing I've ever heard. What he doesn't realize in a quick lesson in policy is that they're they're trading in other currencies because they've been sanctioned. That's why they do it in the first place. I will just finish by saying please if you're not following our channel please subscribe to us. Please click like. Please send the show around to your friends. Help build up our audience. We appreciate you as always. Don't forget in the description to get your tickets for our January 3rd conference in Houston, Texas. It's going to be a great event. We've already sold, I'm happy to say, within about a half a week, we've sold about a quarter of all the available tickets, which is great because we haven't even told you what's on the menu yet. So that just shows how uh, how much we appreciate your confidence in what we have to, to show. So click that link, get your tickets, support the channel by subscribing and sharing. Dr. Paul, back to you. Very good. And I just want to follow up on the reserve currency of the world. I think the dollar will not be the reserve currency uh, uh, for a lot longer. It's not going to be, my my bet would be that uh, it's not going to be the reserve currency of the world being used massively like it has been, you know, in five or ten years. But uh, it the the currency the foreign uh, the, uh, the the reserve currencies uh, disappear slowly then <laughs> somebody made the point then rapidly so at the end it does but people should be reassured uh, you know th- that uh, th- this uh, this this will this will be it's going to happen but it's not the end of the world matter of fact there's tremendous improvements it would dissipate the power of a few people who want to run the whole world and it's it's not your friend congressman who has a little bit of influence it's somebody that's pulling the strings that has been involved with a wokeism and the takeover of this country and the uh, national security agencies that they control thing our judicial system our educational system that's what uh, that is what has brought us to our knees here and uh, so if we lose the reserve currency 
uh, I think it uh, it will it will be replaced. And uh, yeah, but it might be China involved. Yeah, they could be involved. They have already been involved. They're sick and tired of what we do. So so they're they're trading oil, uh, you, you know, uh, for, uh, for uh, without the dollar, and, and they use the yuan, and it seems to work. So, let, but but the point there is, let the market work it out. If you want to exchange it, and if one did more than the other, maybe it's because they uh, it's a sounder currency right now. You know, when the dollar became uh, the reserve currency, we had the most gold ever. And, and we pretended that we were so wealthy we would never run out of real money. The gold would last, but we ran out of money. We ran out of the gold, and we had to do this. So sound money is very, very important, and uh, and it doesn't depend on the central uh, the central banks and the fiat standard. Matter of fact, that is the biggest threat to a sound currency is the central banks that have power and monopoly control of the money. And that means they have control of the political system. It doesn't have to be that way. There is another alternative. It's called peace and prosperity. And that is what we talk about here. The promotion of peace and prosperity is a much better way to go than to look to the authoritarians. Oh, if you have a problem, just print more money. It's going to quit working that way. It doesn't work very well even right now. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.